insight into doing business in Africa, investment opportunity, industry updates, Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from experts and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. It is another beautiful Tuesday morning, and of course, uh, it is uh, HRY Ados Moirate on Africa Business Radio. My name is Sergio Kinabi, and welcome to the show this morning. Uh, but before we start the show, we'd like to apologize for coming late. We are just about uh, three to four uh, to minutes late. <laughs> Somebody's looking at me like, what do you mean? We're just about 13 minutes late, but we promise we're going to try as much as possible to cover all that we have for you on the show this morning. We're very much excited to be here on the show, HRY this morning. And um, for the first time in about how many weeks, I've got uh, Sibongile in the studio this morning. And um, I guess we'll get into that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more before we get into uh, to, to, to HR update when she's going to be leading us on that this morning but as usual we have about 19 minutes to spend on the show this morning and of course uh, it's a jam-packed show and it's going to be an exciting 19 minutes with you this morning please stay engaged with us at africa beats radio on twitter hashtag uh, hr wired and of course on the show this morning just a quick rundown of what we have for you this morning on the show We'll be speaking to doc, uh, Dr. Martins this morning and we'll be talking about what Wekosa is about and what, why it, 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 it is important for us to know what they are all about and what they do. And that will be on our HR chat this morning. And of course, uh, we also have on our Getting Her segment, we're talking about the advantage of free Wi-Fi. Yes, finally, <laughs> we're talking internet. The advantage of free Wi-Fi, we'll be speaking to uh, sales director of... Uh, 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 Roku's network. I hope I got that right. Uh, but of course, uh, he's going to be joining us uh, on that segment this morning. And of course, uh, we've got a couple of other things lined up for you on the show this morning as usual. Uh, the next 90 minutes is going to be exciting. And um, they're just going to shut back and we will come back. Sibo Gile will be taking us through uh, HR up there this morning, talking about uh, what is happening across Africa. Is that right? Well, South Africa. <sighs> yeah. You'll you handle Africa. Okay. I'll do, I'll do Africa. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. We're going to shut it. I'll be back just after now.
welcome back to the show. Uh, yes, uh, we have uh, just uh, a couple of uh, uh, minutes before we get into the show properly. But of course, uh, let me welcome properly uh, after uh, three weeks of break from the studio. Uh, let me welcome uh, Sybil Gilligan, the studio this man. Good morning. Morning, but it hasn't been three weeks. Hasn't it been like two weeks? A week? Oh, it's been three weeks. Come yeah, it's on. Been, it's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. Are you counting? It's been three weeks. Okay, we'll debate about this um, off air. <laughs> I, think, I think it's been like a week or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, this is p- part of what I missed about you being in the mm. studio. <laughs> How are you? What is happening across um, the uh, HR uh, landscape across uh, South Africa and Africa this morning? Well, um, Soji, I don't know. I think there's a lot of good things that are happening. And then there are things that just make you want to hide because um a lot of companies are coming up with innovative ways to make the employees feel loved and then you get leadership that's just breaking companies let's start with escom there's so much mismanagement at escom escom is taking after saa remember um last week i was telling you that um employees were threatening to strike they were yes. threatening to do which shutdown. is illegal well Okay, that's we can debate that. As I said, <laughs> if employees are not happy, they've got every right to say it. But now, due to that strike at ESCOM, we are now experiencing load shedding. And I'm trying to understand, is it fair? Is it fair that we are being punished for ESCOM's leadership's shortcomings? We're not being punished. You we must are load shedding is being punishment you, in winter. You must understand that uh, the entire country depends on, uh, on, on ESCOM for power supply. And um, that is also one of the uh, what the conversation has been since uh, over the past this this weekend. Mm-hmm. People are saying that the country is completely dependent on ESCOM for the supply of electricity uh, power generally. And if that is the case, uh, um, um, with what is happening with their employees, the fact is that uh, the employees threaten to shut down, you know, uh, um, 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 most of their their stops and all of that. Yeah. That has been done, and that is because you know uh, um, they're not happy. They are not happy. And um, you know, which means leaders. The backup, the backup, the emergency plan is not enough to 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 actually supply. You know, to meet up with the daily demand of of of, of electricity, and that is why they have to low share to make sure that they're able to 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 balance up. It's not as if it's the situation well, they find themselves. Where actually. you're coming from, Soji, but wouldn't a solution be let's listen to our employees, let's try meet them halfway, let's compromise, let's try make this go away. You know, because right now they're like, look, we had naught percent salary increases, do, do, and then please, I had like, we need a salary increase. Do you know my take on this? Um, I, I, I think nobody is to be blamed. I mean, where in a way, uh, I'm not blaming nobody. The employees actually, you know, they are quite justified looking at what is happening currently in the country. Mm-hmm. We have uh, increase in value added tax from uh, 14 percent to 15 percent. We have uh, an hysterical uh, 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 for increase, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and everything is just going up. Yes. And uh, except salaries, except also income. Yeah. And, and and when you have that, it becomes a problem for ordinary citizens, for ordinary person, for consumers, and all of that. Your know, buying power becomes, you know, a bit, you know, uh, uh, constraints because you know uh, there might not be any disposable income anymore because and they have to a bit increase their budget because of the increase in price, and you know that could be the situation that ESCOM employees have found themselves and to say that the only way out is for us to get a salary increase. 
And also looking at what is happening to Eskom currently, uh-huh. they have also, they've also been complaining that their cost of producing electricity is not commensurate with what they charge, and uh, they've so been debating. Is, is this them telling us yeah. they're going to increase? They, they, they've been debating. Actually, they've been back and forth, you know, with uh, the regulator, the energy regulatory uh, department, and uh, they've been proposing increase in tariff, and and the regulators are saying no, and they've, uh, they actually took them to court about two weeks ago, thereabout, and you know. Uh, um, a couple of other problems that ESCOM is going through also they also having cash problem and <laughs> you know it just it's, it's just a lot, a lot. it's yeah. a lot yeah so it's not that straightforward to say that you know it's about them not wanting to 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 listen to their employees but i still think um they should try and meet them halfway and nothing that's happened last week i read an article where south african airway ceo he's got a turnaround strategy that he wants to implement but that turnaround strategy is going to involve Money. Job cuts. <laughs> no, no, job cuts. So we, we're going to see a lot of angry people that side as well. I just read something interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Denal, you know Denal, um, that yeah. training hub that helps our SNTF. Um, Denal, the, yes. the weapon maker. Yes, um, they also offer training to SNTF employees and all of that. Their chief, I need to get this, their group chief financial officer yeah. has been put on special leave pending a disciplinary process after claims of misconduct hmm. were made against them. I'm seeing a lot of articles come through where people in management, people in leadership are being accused of a lot of things. So that's something that we're going to be seeing a lot. You, in must, the news. you must also know that uh, we're currently recovering from the era of just having comrades running, running most businesses and most state-owned entities. You know, the days of did the did consumers. Just, did you just say yes, comrades? Yes, the days of the consumers <laughs> about comrades running most of this organization, not necessarily put the, uh, the qualified people with the right capacity, the right skills level, the right experience. And that has been one of the foundational problems of most of these state-owned entities in South Africa. You know, uh, and, and and we're just currently gradually, if I may say, recovering from that because until we're able to have appropriate people that can manage these SOEs properly as a business, we're not going to get anywhere. And also, look at the history of ESCOM. So, so been like that. Yeah. Mm, it has. Mm. I've got good news. SAP is offering job opportunities to I young. I also just saw that this morning. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're offering uh, job opportunities to young graduates who have no work experience because that's that's been one big thing. Yeah. You come straight out of tertiary, they're telling you you need one or two years experience, mm. and now it's like one or two years experience with a car, mm. and I find that's a bit unrealistic. Mm. So yeah, that's something good that they're doing on their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something good indeed. And mm. um, we just hope that uh, the right people will take advantage of these opportunities and, of course, uh, they will be able to better their life with that. I just hope people take it seriously because, you know, people, um, they tend to, as long as I get a salary, I don't really care. Like what we're discussing this morning, mm. if you're willing to learn and you're willing to put in the work, mm. that's what we need. That's what we need from young employees at the moment. Mm. People are willing to learn and people are willing to put in the hours mm. and do the work properly. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. I think with that we could stop there. Unless you have something from Africa? Um, yes, yeah, so... Um not necessarily, uh, uh, um, not necessarily uh, HR uh, stories, okay. uh, but of course, um, a couple of these happening. Uh, East African uh, major East African economies are looking at increasing tariff, import tariff on yeah. some selected goods, and of course, uh, they are doing this in a bid to actually protect local manufacturers. So, um, some tariffs that were at uh, probably around twenty five percent have been increased to around thirty five percent and above. 
and um, there are also complaints that um, um, the importation of cheap and uh, subsidized goods is actually killing local uh, manufacturing industry in a country like Kenya, especially uh, under the Agua Agreement. Of course, you know the popular Agua with the U.S., and uh, especially importation of used clothes, uh, uh, tester material, and and uh, and, uh, and 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 shoes, and all of yeah. that is killing uh, the market. But are they gonna? Oh, okay. Shoes so as well. Huh? Are they are they gonna add it on shoes as well? Oh yes, yeah, so, oh yes. Yeah. So uh, so that that has been that's been wanting, and of course, uh, just this morning, um, from an unconfirmed source as as yet, uh, but of course, uh, the, the Prime Minister of uh, Ethiopia uh, during the Kian uh, uh, session yesterday yeah. in the Parliament of Ethiopia um, mentioned that um, Ethiopia is looking at uh, establishing a stock exchange in a bid to further privatize uh, some of the SOEs, and of course. Uh, we were looking at uh, the debt burden of the East African countries yesterday, and uh, Kenya seems to be the one hoing most. They're hoing about uh, uh, about forty something billion dollars or more, if, if I'm correct. And uh, Ethiopia is sitting at about uh, twenty four point four something billion dollars in uh, public debt actually right now, and uh, they are saying that uh, they need to find a way to pay that. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the huge projects that if they've started, they need to find a way to complete them, and they don't want to get into more debt and of course uh, that is why uh, uh, the Prime Minister is going by the way of privatizing some state-owned entities in order to get money in okay. and of course uh, also underperforming state-owned entities also want to privatize them but cautiously this time around so that uh, they can get uh, uh, private sector involved uh, get money in and also get the right people that will run those things and, and make them profitable in order to, 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 to complete uh, some of the um, uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, developmental projects that uh, they, are, they are currently embarking on. Yes, yeah, so so that is about uh, that. There's also something between East Africa and, and South Africa. Yes, there is something around uh, uh, tax delays around of the the, the free trade uh, area launch. So uh, Kenya and Rwanda they want to shape their vehicle manufacturing plant from the uh, the free trade area agreement. You know that is currently um, the the African continental free trade. Ag- agreement. So um, there is uh, some sort of uh, standoff uh, between uh, East African countries and uh, members of the. Um, it's actually under the tripartite uh, free trade area, which um, which has been on for quite a while actually. Yeah. So which you know we haven't really seen. Uh, 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 tangible uh, uh, progress, and but of course, uh, I guess it's a good place to 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 leave that this morning. Uh, any other story? No, that's about it. I'm good. All right, Sibo um, <laughs> is good, and uh, I'm, I'm also good. I guess uh, we're moving a bit fast this morning yeah. because we came in late, uh, but we're sorry. <laughs> we're gonna try as much as possible to make it up to you guys. Uh, but of course, uh, we'll go on a short break, and we'll come back. We'll bring in our first guest this morning, and of course, uh, what are we talking about? We are going straight to our uh, uh, let me look at it. We're going straight to uh, uh, to, Dr. Uh, to 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 Doctor Martins yes. actually. So we'll be talking about uh, Wekosa. Uh, what is Wekosa actually? It's, it's something innovative. It's something new. We need it. Um, it's about employee wellness. Mm. So yeah, I'll let him do the talking. But I'm I'm excited about this. this employee is, wellness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's do that. It's going to short week, and we'll come back. We'll be speaking about employee wellness with uh, Doctor Martins. Stay with us.
Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Beast Radio, towards a profitable Africa. The key to success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wired every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central African time on www.africabusinessradio.com for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. And of course, uh, for your daily dose of HR insight, innovation, and debate, uh, you... Uh, better stay tuned with us right here on this show, HRY, this morning. And of course, uh, as I promised before we went on a short break, we're talking about uh, everything employees want as this morning. And uh, to help us unpack this, we have uh, Dr. Martin uh, on the line who is joining us from the uh, Wekosa, that's what they're called, uh, the Wellness Council of uh, South Africa. Good morning, Dr. Martin. Good morning. How is everybody? Everybody is good. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Very yeah. well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on Africa Business Radio. Thank you for joining us. Well, Kosa, what is it about? I think uh, this is my first time of of hearing about you guys. Yeah, well, first of all, I must um, I must congratulate you. Um, well, Kosa hasn't been formally launched yet, um, hmm. so you guys are the first to to have a little peek, sneak peek interview. Of what it basically offers. Well, COSA stands for the Wellness Council of South Africa. Okay. And basically, we encourage businesses um, throughout the country um, to come on board so that we can certify them in terms of their wellness program that they offer for their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole idea is that, you know, if the employees are healthy and well, then the business will be healthy and well. Yes, yes. And um, not a lot of businesses are really looking at um, at the employees' health and wellness. And through this effort, we're hoping to get the businesses on board so that um, they can really start um, offering programs from stop smoking programs to losing weight programs to whatever it might be. Hmm. Um, so we then do a, a wellness audit of the company's wellness program hmm. and according to that um, help them to get recognition awards nationally and, and internationally um, it's available for them. Hmm. When when did it, uh, did this particular idea, when did it start um, you know, and, and what informed <laughs> the, 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 the coming together of the founding fathers of this, uh, of this organization? You know, it's something that's been coming for about two years wow. um, in, in, a, in a planning and processing stage and also 
um, you know, it's, it's been quite an involved process because we we had to find standards and benchmark internationally okay. for worksite wellness. Um, so borrowing and learning from um, the World Health Organization in terms of worksite wellness um, from the from, from Canada, from America, from India, um, we've put together completely South African benchmarks in terms of worksite wellness, and it's basically the last. Um, last six months that has really started to to come into fruition. Hmm. All right. Uh, so, um, talking about employee uh, awareness, what does that comprise of? You know, because it's a bit of the, a couple of things I want to clarify. What does employee awareness com- com- comprise of? You know, employee wellness is different from just your health efforts within a company. When I talk about health efforts, we're talking about things like. Um, blood pressure, cholesterol, HIV screening, that sort of thing, which a company, hopefully the companies do offer that um, mm. for their employers. Um, the wellness side is more the aspects that we look at um, all the possibilities of helping the employees physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually to be well. Um, and it's in that whole component that, that, that we look at. Um, so, um, one of the things, for instance, that is really, according to the World Health Organization, that is really important is, let's, let's take the example of, of physical health or physical fitness, where there's certain criteria that needs to be in place to be able to help the employees to, to get their physical fitness going um, through different programs. So, Wellcosa, in a sense, is not prescriptive to say that you have to do this program uh, we only saying that the benchmark, the standards that we're setting is that you've got to have some kind of physical program going within the workplace and whatever it might be, whether it's just running or, or taking steps or walking um, or cycling, doesn't really matter. You must just fulfill the criteria to be able to, to mark that off and to be certified against that. So, 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 so worksite wellness is anything that helps the employer uh, the employee to be better in his job that he or she is doing, to help the person to be more effective, to help the person to be not only at work, but also at home, which is really, really important, um, to be more of a holistic approach to wellness and, and well-being. Hmm. Uh, um, uh, 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 is it different from the, uh, the general medical cover that uh, employ- employers provide to, to their employees? Uh, sorry, you said the medical? Uh, the, me- the general medical cover that uh, employers give to their employees because sometimes you find out that uh, this, uh, this medical uh, uh, cover includes uh, uh, um, probably a gym membership and, and all of that and a couple of other things. So uh, is it different from, uh, from, from that? <laughs> you know, yeah, it is different because basically what what's happening is is the company is is just pushing it away kind of thing and 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 giving it over to the employee and says, look, mm. go and have a gym membership to that popular gym, go there and do your thing. You get your points, you swipe your card, and we're happy with w- w- what you're doing. But we're saying no to be, have an integrated approach. There are there are certain steps that need to be followed for the benchmark, and one of the most important things to start off with is. Um, the real first thing is what we call capturing a senior level support. In mm. other words, your management, your CEO needs to show his or her commitment to wellness within the company. In other words, it needs to be something that they communicated to their employees, something that he or she has even seen um, offering. You know, so many times in a, in a wellness day, um, 
uh, everybody, all the employees are there and participating in all these things. But you very seldom see the CEO of the company or the managers within the um, the management structures participating in all these things. Hmm. And that sends a very interesting and very clear message to the employees. Um, you know, don't you think? So if they <laughs> if they are seen to be involved in it and really pushing for it, then it changes the whole atmosphere of of, of worksite wellness. Hmm. If if I get you correctly, so your duties, your core duty of, of uh, duties of worksite, uh, you audit you know organization as to what they are doing with regards to employees. One is, and yep. uh, you audit them and you certify them and you issue them awards. That's right, exactly that. So mm. um, they go through a, um, um, a wellness audit. Um, uh, it gets verified um, and uh, documentation that's been proven, and then they get a certification. And then once a year, they um, um, all of them get invited to an awards mm. process mm. where they then receive either a gold or silver or bronze award for wellness, um, meaning that it's just room for improvement. If you haven't got a gold award, of course, then mm. there's room for improvement. <laughs> Um, which is great because it it, it um, incentivizes the comp the companies to to really move and to to work through um, uh, aspects that they haven't addressed before. Mm. Um, you know, as, uh, let, let's take an example of um, one of the other benchmark, if I may. that yeah. we, we 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 is collecting data to drive the health efforts. In other words, um, the company itself have they really looked at the employees and have a benchline or benchmark or statistic to share this, to show that this is happening within my company. Mm. This is what the employer's health and wellness look like. Mm. Um, do they do exercise? Do they eat well? Um, do they suffer from mental stress, which is one of the biggest aspects these days in, 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 in the workplace? Mm. Um, uh, you know, all these aspects and have a, have a snapshot of the wellness within the company. And once you've got that, then, of course, you can start to plan your wellness effort within a company. Hmm. All right. I think Simon Gile wants to ask you something. Hi, uh, Dr. Martin. How are you? Simon Gile, hi. Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> I just well, want to find out um, how has the industry actually um, taken on the, the welcoming or how can I put it, the introduction of Valcosa? Are they excited about it? Is it something that they are willing to actually be part of? Very good question. You know, we, as I said um, just in the intro, we, we, we haven't formally launched it, but mm -hmm. we put out the feelers there and we invited a few companies. The overall, um, the overall uh, um, um, response from that is really, really exciting. And from mm -hmm. the employee side, um, they, of course, are saying, um, this is what we want. We want somebody to drive an effort so that we can be well and healthy within the workplace. Okay. Um, we, um, interesting enough, uh, we want to look, of course, towards the the unionized environments and say to the unions, um, you know, if you're interested in talking to to Alcosa, let's see how we can help the people in the workplace um, to get into a better state of health and well-being. Hmm. So it has been, um, in general, although we haven't launched formally yet, um, very excited about it, and people feel hmm. that they want to get on board. Um, you know, one of the things, for instance, that is important for um, people say well why would I go for certification hmm. um, there, you know there are numerous things but um, once you receive the, the recognition as a well workplace in South Africa you of course start to distinguish um, yourself as an employer of choice hmm. when seeking to attract new talent or to retain 
existing employees, for instance. It's just one of those things. And, and of course, we know, I'm sure you're well aware, that studies have shown that uh, when companies support wellness with measurable outcomes, they have greater financial success. So, yes. you know, it's a win-win for both sides, the, mm-hmm. the employer and the employees. It's just that they need to do something to start looking after the, the employees. Hmm. And have you guys um, considered getting the employers to maybe implement um, awards for employees who actually take part and who go out of their way to make sure that they take part in all the wellness programs that the organizations will be running, like maybe a voucher at the end of the month or something similar to that? Because <laughs> knowing me, if, you, if you're going to give me something at the end of the month, trust me, I'll start running. of course um that's something that we we considered uh, sort of uh, introducing at the later stage instead of um you know just bombarding the company with with too many things and they feel that um they're not going to be able to handle the responsibility because you know there's always excuses for something new that starts happening within the company so the first question is going to be where's the money going to come from you know Mm -hmm. and the second question is we don't have a wellness so under which department is going to fall under and who is going to have the responsibility of looking after the wellness of the employees in the company so, you know, these are, these are always the questions that come up, but there, of course, are, are, are ways and means of doing it and how to implement it. And, mm. um, and, and, and you know, what, most of the big companies, of course, have got assist, uh, employment assistance program EAPs mm-hmm. in place. Um, we've got these big EAP um, companies in South Africa that's doing great jobs to, to help the company to, to come in and deliver the wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we don't then go and uh, look at um, the EAPs and certify them. We still go to the company and say, right, great, sure, you're using an EAP company to deliver mm-hmm. your wellness, but what is your policies and procedures um, regarding that? Show us your uh, non-smoking policy. Does mm-hmm. it just mean um, people are not allowed to smoke in the, uh, in the tea room? doesn't mean that people are not allowed to smoke in the building. doesn't, for instance, mean that people are not allowed even to smoke in the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, does it even mean that we've got a policy that we don't employ smokers in the company? Will this be part of how you guys will be monitoring all the organizations that come on board? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a comprehensive assessment that they have to um, complete, to fill in, um, support a documentation, um, and if need be, um, a site visit. Um, so, so here we're talking about, you know, larger companies. We also have certification for smaller companies, 50 people or less, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit different and a little bit less involved um, in terms of um, the bigger company. There, for instance, they um, they still have to, of course, have the leadership um, buy-in and got to show that they committed to to start working at um, of wellness in terms of a wellness committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that they've got some kind of a, a library for wellness library, health and wellness library that mm-hmm. the people can borrow books, videos, CDs, DVDs, whatever it might be. Oh, okay. um, and then once a year, they've got to do uh, some kind of physical activity. Yes. They've got to do a lunch and learn activity with the with the with the employees. Um, the the collecting of their health and wellness data, of course, is really important. Mm-hmm. And interesting, and um, especially in the states and 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 Europe at the moment, one of the biggest things in corporate wellness at the moment is looking at community involvement. In other words, saying what does the company do? 
to help the community around them to better themselves as well. I think that's a, that's a good idea. Because a lot of companies don't think of the communities around them. It's just about the employees and the, right. the bottom line. And have you guys decided when will be the um, launch date so we can actually <laughs> save the date? Exclusively. Yes. <laughs> you know, that will be the 1st of July. Oh, wow. That's yeah, around the corner. That's, yes, that's around the corner. And yeah. will, how will you guys be launching it? Um, are we going big? Are we, how are we doing it? Because we'd like to help. Um, well, at the moment, we 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 we're hoping to do it through through social media and okay. through um, um, the, the normal um, uh, media kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we we're inviting people who really want to to be part of it to to come on board, of course, mm-hmm. and, and and to spread the word. Um, because uh, you know, let's face it, everybody needs. That everybody is working. Most people are working. Everybody that's working and is, is, is lucky enough to have a job, there, there's certain rooms for improvement wherever they're working. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter in which industry you are. If you if you if you're working for a boss, if you're not working for a boss, um, your life, well, lives are so integrated and so full of stress mm. and tension. And to be able to spend eight to ten hours a day at your workplace. Um, you 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 interacting with the people there. You you're interacting with your boss. Hmm. So we we need to know how to balance ourselves. And how many companies actually have got the ability to offer their employees some kind of um, uh, support in, in terms of mental um, uh, wellness? Hmm. Um, you know, one of the aspects as a, as an employee, there needs to be balance in a work and life. Hmm. But there needs to be work and life balance. You can't just work all the time. You know that saying. You know. Hmm. Um, working all day makes you a little bit stupid and dull, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. and we don't want to do that. You yeah. know, we want to be happy and healthy and and growing individuals. Mm. That, um, Dr. Martin. So currently, we, we all know what is happening in the country. Um, it might not be the best of the time for employers to say we need to start allocating extra budget for employees' welfare uh, and all of and all of these. Uh, uh, do you think businesses or the business environment in the country uh, is ready or is the right time currently because of what is happening we have seen um, um, increase in value added tax we have seen uh, we have seen uh, um, even though uh, rating agencies have said that uh, there has been some improvement with regards to the uh, business confidence in the country compared to last year um, do you think businesses are fully re- recovered from the previous you know uh, um, trouble you know <laughs> in the country <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I'm laughing. You know, I'm I'm actually a, um, I'm, I'm a laughter doctor. I've got my PhD in laughter therapy. Oh my so god! <laughs> so um, you know, using laughter to help people to feel better and work well in 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 the workplace. Hmm. The thing is, you've mentioned so many aspects, and the most important aspect that the company are touching on. Hmm. Um, and and one this is one of the first. Um, one of the first excuses they're coming up with and say we're in a, in a recession at the moment there's no money available we haven't budgeted for it but they don't realize that if they do something about it and if they help the employees to feel better and work better the output is going to be so much more so their profit margins are going to be increasing and everybody is going to winning from, be mm. winning from it we're not saying that uh, every company is going to go out now and start a, a wellness um team and a wellness effort within the company, we're saying, let's invite 50 innovative South African companies who already got wellness programs going, hmm. right? and let's just evaluate it 
and look at it and give you the awards and say, yes, company ABC is doing great. Hmm. They have got a gold award in terms of works out wellness. So what's it going to mean? The people are going to be queuing and lining up at your door to go and work there because if there's a place that I can be physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually being looked after, then this is where I want to work. Hmm. Um, and they're going to be able to pick and choose um, the crop of the uh, the cream of the crop, so to speak. So, you know, <laughs> this is what we're saying. We're saying, let's start there. And then there's companies who haven't got a wellness um, uh, program going, and maybe they haven't budgeted for it in this year. Then maybe we put the seed and we plant a seed to say to them, start looking towards that in future you know we will help you as well COSA will help you and assist you we consult with you to help you to get a wellness program in place you know if you haven't got the money to spend on EAP programs whatever you want to do something small within your company then why not then you start building slowly and slowly and slowly and doc- because um, yes, sorry, sorry but you can carry on so, because your your wellness program needs to be in place for at least one to two years in any case before you can start um, applying for the certification and the awards. Okay. And Dr. Martin, I just wanted to find out if I'm an innovative um, employer and I uh-huh. want to get on board, how do I get in touch with you? You know, the easiest thing is um, to, to, to find us on the website and to contact us through our website at um, wellcosa.org, O-R-G, mm-hmm. or um, send me a, a, just an email, info at wellcosa.org.org. Hmm. I, I think we need to have a part two uh, on, on this, you know, probably after you've launched, um, because uh, there are a couple of more things I want you to clarify. <laughs> Apologies. Because I still also want to know on the part of the employees and employers. For employees, what are they willing to give up in order for them to actually um, t- um, take advantage of you know employers that will be offering these? And um, do we see this improving the workplace productivity and you know impact on the bottom line and all of that? But of course, I think uh, our time is fast spent already. Uh, when we have a part two of this conversation, we're <laughs> going to be able to unpack that more. But thank you very much for joining us on the show this morning we're very much looking forward to the launch of Wekosa fantastic and thank you very much for, for, for having me here on African Business Radio and definitely we'll, we'll have to do a follow up and tell you what's happening alright all right. All right. enjoy the rest of your day <laughs> thanks you too cheers thank bye alright uh, that was uh, quite an informative one from uh, Dr. Martin and uh, uh, I suppose uh, um, the, the, there is uh, an urgent need for an organization that is looking to employees wellness in, work, in the workplace uh, across uh, not just in South Africa but also I think uh, across uh, Africa as a continent and of course uh, uh, we'll try as much as possible to bring you a follow up uh, interview on this with uh, Dr. Martin himself and uh, just about but now we'll go on a short break and we'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, come back with uh, our next guest who's already uh, very much on the line already. We'll back just after now.
we've been talking about corruption not just in the public sector but also in the private sector the fact that uh, uh, we we have uh, seems to believe that uh, you only have corruption in the in the public sector and not uh, that that the private sector guys cannot be corrupt or there is no corruption in private sector but of course uh, I think um, that has been proven to be a lie there is corruption in the workplace there are people there are you know senior you know executives that actually use their position or their power to victimize uh, or to uh, uh, to to perpetrate their personal agenda or to steal money from the organization and all of that so this money we're talking about um, what can you do when integrity you know uh, uh, when integrity may get you fired you know when you 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 are the point of probably losing your job because you you decided to to be that guy <laughs> you decided to be truthful and be sincere and stand against corruption or stand against mismanagement especially you know in most of our state-owned entities you know <laughs> when you stand against mismanagement and in form of corruption you may find yourself being victimized and of course uh, being threatened you know and your job may come under threat as well so we have uh, Ms. Gus in the land this morning and she will be helping us to um pack that good morning good morning and uh, good morning to all our listeners and good morning to you too thank you for joining us thank you just just briefly can you introduce yourself much better i think uh, uh i think there's more to, to to your name or to who you are than just being uh, uh than just your name <laughs> Sorry, I've just got a bit of flu. It's all right. Uh, my, my name is Augusta Gastikutse, and I'm an executive partner in Signium Africa. We headhunters, and we work at the top end of the market. So often we see superb executives that come and see us and that would tell us straight, listen, I got fired because of this and this reason. And in many instances, it's because they resisted um, corruption. Hmm they refused to sign certain documents. Hmm. Often in this case, they get suspended. But they get, in some cases, I know of a case where people are were suspended for over a year, 18 months. So they get them out of the way, but they keep them on the payroll, kind of to make sure that they, they, they won't talk. And then they, they delay the hearings. So it's a deliberate part of the board, in many instances, the board, to delay the process so that they can give their, can get their crook, crooked deals through. <laughs> All right. So would you agree with me that uh, um, the idea that there's no corruption in the private sector is a lie? Would you agree? Well, definitely. I mean, we've just recently been made aware of one huge, huge, big one. Hmm. Uh, that we all know, um, and in that instance, it was a typical example of a company and a CEO that did extremely well, and people started to look a little bit away hmm. and not being so critical and ask the right questions until, obviously, the bubble burst. Hmm. Hmm. So, no, corruption is rife in private companies, listed companies, smaller companies, parastatals, uh, uh, and especially um, all over the world, there are statistics that also prove that more senior executives lately are getting fired hmm. for um, ethical behavior hmm. or hmm. fired for non-ethical behavior. Hmm. Uh, 
if I may just quote a statistic. Please do that. There was a research done. Yeah, there was a research done where a, a companies that had a chairman and a CEO joint titles. Hmm. You know, we am chairman and CEO. That in that company they found that twenty four percent of those joint title owners were fired for unethical behavior. Mm. Whereas where the role of the chief executive and the chairman is split, in that instance, only 17% of chief executives got um, uh, dismissed for, for unethical behavior. So it's definitely, there's a point to make for a, a chairman and the CEO role independently. Mm. I mean, so, so, uh, so when we're talking about ethical behaviors, I, I think uh, uh, some will categorize that under the uh, corporate governance code of conduct. And uh, sometimes, you know, um, this particular policy paper or policy documents are not able to, to cover entirely what, you know, in, in an African context right now, some of the other things that we will categorize, you know, to be uh, part of, you know, uh, an ethical behavior and all of that. Uh, do you agree? Have you seen any cases like that? Well, I must say that companies now have uh, clear rules of conduct. Hmm. What is risk behavior and uh, what to do if you are faced with this. Hmm. Uh, the problem is, is if there is more than one executive involved in the corruption, hmm. uh, then it's almost as if the, the ethical executive gets sidelined hmm. and more kind of like bullied. And that's a difficult one. Um, what can you do in, in that sense? Sometimes, yes, to confront, to say, guys, I don't want to do this for this and this reasons. Hmm. And I'm sure you don't any of us want to be taught with this feather. Hmm. In other words, you say, let's solve it, but you kind of make as if you're part of, we cannot do this and you cannot do this. Hmm. I think the, the last um, is, is to go and blow the whistle. But if it need be, it need be. Hmm. So in a case, uh, in a case where, where you, you probably got fired or you got suspended or you, 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 you were selected to face probably disciplinary uh, 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 hearings or something like that, and you know that you, it's because you're only standing up against uh, what you would call a non, an, an, an unethical behavior. What can you do as an employee? Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a, a look at suggestions. The first one, obviously, it depends on, I would say, at what level. If it's just me and my direct boss, hmm. I think it's easier. But if I'm up against a corrupt board, that's when it really becomes tricky. Because if I, um, if it's just me and my boss, I can say I can show obvious shock, uh, uh, you know, or I can go to him or her and seek clarification. Hmm. And yeah. I'm sure there's a misunderstanding here. Because are you aware of the consequences if we do this and we do that, that these could be the consequences? Uh, normally, you can also suggest better alternatives. Uh, but as I said, most probably senior executives are going to be faced with trumped up charges. Mm. I've seen some of the most ridiculous charges against executives that they are being 
charged with things that happened in the company before they even arrived there. In mm. in an instance when you uh, find yourself standing against your entire department, not just your head boss alone, but your entire unit, I mean that's like probably you against ten. What mm. do you do? Hopefully, those companies will have a, a whistleblowing position, a p- opportunity, mm. or I would jump um, hierarchies and go straight to somebody, even if if I'm the like maybe if my CEO job and I'm the risk person, I'll jump the CEO and go straight to the risk committee at the board. So at times you don't follow the hierarchy, you simply jump and you go to the top. Mm. But then you must have your facts um, uh, in place. Mm. Uh, we, we, we have seen organizations that do not have uh, um, a proper code of conduct, you know, um, policy in place. And in that case, also, what do you do? Because, you know, these are different, you know, instances that we've seen people, you know, faced with and they've had to actually deal with. And, uh, yeah, what do you do as an employee? Um, you know, I I would say that surely the, the hopefully by now, hmm. is not a code of conduct, I'd be surprised. Hmm. Because King, you know, we've been through all the King committees, and all the, the King's suggestions, and one of the things that are clearly emphasized is a code of conduct. Mm. But sometimes the code of conduct can also have gray areas. Mm. And uh, uh, that, is, that is where, you know, uh, it, it comes in. Because let's say I know of somebody who's guilty of unethical behavior, mm. uh, but it's not in my department. Mm. Do I do then? Do I approach the head of that department, or do I approach the head of my department? Uh, are, you, this, are you not? Are you not going beyond your jurisdiction in that case? <laughs> exactly. You see, but also, uh, uh, it is your. Um, it's almost your mo- moral fiber hmm. that in and in this instance is being tested, hmm. and uh, uh, if it really is a serious corruption case. I think you should expose it. Hmm. Hmm. So in other uh, words, the site of any form of corruption is just, you know, speak out. Sorry, I didn't hear. I, I'm saying even if the, the, the unethical behavior is not within your department, just for the fact that you're privy to it, you should just speak out. You just, you know, alert the appropriate authority. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would be very careful just to go and blow my my, my own horn. Okay. You understand? Mm. I must have my facts. Mm. Uh, when when I go and complain about something like this, I must be able to say on such and such a date this occurred. Mm. This is the action. This is the outcome. Mm. Um, and you you cannot de- and say, oh, I heard from somebody else. Mm. Uh, that does not count. It is something that you yourself has observed mm. or been party to or been asked to be party to. Mm. Not I heard from so and so that that and that happened there. Mm. No. That's, then you're in big trouble. Mm. Mm. Uh, you, you know, also, you know that um, many organizations also try to keep such issues in house. 
you know, just just to avoid any form of bad press or any mm-hmm. any any form of negative impact on their on their brands and all of that. And so, if you do that as an employee, you might also be uh, um, be jeopardizing your own job because you're putting your, your your employment on the line. The company might eventually, you know, uh, go you know under a lot of investigation and all of that. You might lose your job. So sometimes when you weigh it, um, the choice to stand for the truth and the choice to to lose your job it might somewhat be like that. You know, uh, have you seen cases like that? And in such a case, what what can somebody do? What would you advise? Well, I would always say stick to the truth. Mm. Eventually, the truth is going to come out. Mm. And also, you must know that today, shareholders um, and uh, non-executive directors are far more wide awake mm. to also see things. So... Um, uh, I think worst would be if shareholders discover that things are wrong mm. and then blame management. Mm. It is better for management to rather expose it and say, this is what's happened and this is the corrective action we're going to do. Mm. We're all going to be uh, tarred with the same brush if the shareholders climb in. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, before I allow you to go on the part of the employers, and sometimes you know, it might not be a problem of entire company, it might be just a department or just one of the team leader and all of that. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and um, in, in such a case, what can the employer do? Or say this time around, um, probably the CEO, what, what can the person do uh, in a case whereby, you know, the, the, the senior management were not aware until the entire issue, you know, came to the public? Mm-hmm. I um, normally uh, good executives mm. would protect senior employees, mm. and whether the senior employee or the senior executive would say this and this and this is ex- being exposed, do his he or her own investigation, mm. get the internal auditors to investigate, and try and protect the employee. Mm. But <coughs> obviously, one cannot guarantee that. If the employee is ex, uh, exposed, then uh, I, that that is where I think the the company, because you, you can get people that can be threatened by their lives, or even their their families can be threatened. Mm. In that instance, we will then have to protect the employee, mm. maybe put him in a witness uh, protection program or something like that. Mm. All right. Um, I think we have come to the end of this uh, this particular session. Just before we allow you to go, and um, what are your general uh, recommendations for employers and for individuals, employees as well? Um, I think for individuals, make quite sure that you have all the facts before you react. Mm. Sometimes it can be malicious uh, uh, rumors that people are spreading, mm. and. Be, try not be part of a malicious rumor. Mm. So get your facts right and go to the executive you trust. Mm. If you don't trust your boss, go to somebody else. There's always an internal auditor or there's always a CFO or somebody else that you can go to. Mm. And so select the person that you go to. Hello, are you with us? Yes, I'm still there. Okay. For the executive, for the executive, I think rather 
uh, make public announcements uh, as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a hacking case now. I, I hear also being, um, uh, you know, the public was told late. Yes. Um, I think it is Liberty. very difficult, <laughs> hmm. but rather stand up to the truth hmm. and 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 um, announce it, then that it comes to you from external. Hmm. It seems to be that the public is more um, accommodating. If you take responsibility, say this has happened, hmm. this is what I've done, then either to try and hide it under the table hmm. or a late hmm. response. Hmm. 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 All right. Uh, thank you very much for for sharing some insight with us on this particular issue. Um, if we call you back for uh, a party, would you would you would you answer us? Would you say yes? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. I think that's where we're gonna leave it for now. Uh, we're gonna move straight to our next uh, our next segment. This time we're talking about free Wi-Fi, right? Free Wi-Fi. Yes, I'm excited about that. You are excited yeah. about that. Because with, with all this hacking that's happening around, um, on my way here, somebody was actually asking, how do you know if mm. it's safe to access all this free Wi-Fi? Because you don't know what you're opening yourself up to. Mm. But do you think free Wi-Fi is the safest? No, like, I don't use it. I don't. Taxi ranks, shopping center. <laughs> I don't, yeah. If it doesn't require a password, I am not <laughs> logging on because you don't know what you're exposing yourself to. Yes, you don't know. I guess uh, I guess we'll help us to unpack this more uh, when we'll come back just after this short break. Stay with us. The prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success Morning. of every business in Africa. ABR towards a profitable Africa. Good morning. Hello, can you hear me? Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from experts and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable Good African morning. venture. Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Good morning. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wide every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa.
there's been debate around uh, the fact that uh, uh, access to internet must be categorized as a fundamental human right and uh, we have seen um we have seen that uh, um in a way it could be true because uh, uh you literally you know uh, your life can be the same if you don't have access to the internet in, the, in this day and age and it seems uh, like uh, um everything is just dependent on you being connected to the internet so we're talking about uh, availability of uh, internet access in public places uh, through the concept of free Wi-Fi, uh, um, there are some major airports where you know you will always get free Wi-Fi. Actually, some of us when we travel, uh, uh, we, we we want to pass through those airports to make sure that we access Wi-Fi. You know, I know anytime I pass through Dubai, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm always very excited. I will spend that one hour, sit down, you know, connect free Wi-Fi, you know, check my email and do whatever I need to do and all of that. And so we're going to be talking about that and um, also some of the concerns that we've received from our listeners about uh, access to free Wi-Fi and what what comes with that uh, access to that free Wi-Fi, you know. And um, we have uh, on the line this morning, we have Rian on the line and uh, he's from the uh, Roku's network. Uh, he's in charge of the uh, the sub-Saharan market, actually. So he's very much uh, uh, in turn with what is happening across Africa. Good morning, Rian. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, what is Roku's Network about and what do you guys do? So, Ruckus Networks, we are a, um, you know, one of the largest Wi-Fi vendors globally. So, we develop Wi-Fi technology, uh, not just for indoor use, but, you know, large uh, outdoor deployments as well. Okay. If you think about stadiums or if you think about large public venues, uh, train stations, pretty much anywhere where there's a large amount of... Uh, Potential users, mm. uh, our technology typically gets uh, used. And then we also have a switching component, mm. uh, which leverages the, the switching environment into the core of the network. Can you give us practical examples of where you've done that, when you've you know, installed uh, this free Wi-Fi and all that? Across well, Africa? Uh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, again, we've got deployments throughout pretty much most of Africa. Mm. Uh, we've got deployments in Uganda. For instance, we've partnered with Google, um, you know, with a Google station. So mm. Uganda's up and running. Uh, we're looking at uh, moving into Ghana mm. with a similar deployment. Uh, we then also do a large stadia. We, for instance, with the IAAF last year, the international, you know, the athletics, uh, international athletics uh, competition that was held in in. in Kenya. Hmm. We deployed the full stadium Wi-Fi uh, infrastructure for for the duration of the tournament. Hmm. Um, you know, we've got large deployments throughout South Africa, for instance. We've got in, one of our partners, for instance, uh, they've got in excess of about twenty thousand units currently hmm. spread throughout South Africa hmm. in uh, free open areas. Uh, hmm. You know, Wi-Fi connectivity. Hmm. Is this a business where you generate revenue, or just a business where you just give people access to free internet? And if it's a business where you generate revenue, what does a business model so people will understand how you make money from them accessing the free Wi-Fi? Okay, so let's be clear. Us as Ruckus, we are the vendor, so we manufacture and develop the technology. Okay. We typically okay. then we typically sell the technology to either MNOs or ISPs, okay. and they are the ones that would then effectively be building this infrastructure, mm. and they are the ones that obviously then have to monetize mm. um, that deployment. Um, 
typically today, and I think all of us agree with this, uh, Wi-Fi is seen as a basic human right, yes. effectively, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if there's Wi-Fi, A, it needs to be free, in inverted commas, of course, uh, <laughs> but it, it should be easy, easily accessible, and your your um, your connection should be um, you know fairly good. So you yeah. need to have a pleasant experience while using it. Mm. I think those are the, the you know the requirements today. Mm. Uh, hi, Rian. How are you? Fine, thanks. <laughs> Fine, thanks. Rian, it's World Wi-Fi Day tomorrow, and I just wanted to find out. When it comes to Wi-Fi, what's the state of Wi-Fi in South Africa? Because I know we've got cities where people can get a lot of Wi-Fi. And then when you go to your rural areas, that's where the problem starts. So what is the state of Wi-Fi in South Africa at the moment? So the, the good news is it's, it's increasing incrementally and it, it's really growing very well. Uh, if you look at where we were probably three, four years ago uh, by, versus today, I think you've seen significant improvement. However, that being said, we still have a long, long way to go, of course. Um, on average in South Africa, there is typically about 8,600 users per single uh, public outdoor Wi-Fi device. Mm. Uh, that is low if you compare to Europe. For instance, in Europe, the ratio is typically 120 users per single Wi-Fi mm -hmm. device. So you can understand we've got a huge way to go, but the encouraging news is that we've got a lot of investment coming into South Africa and the rest of Africa, um, introducing Wi-Fi services specifically focused uh, in the rural areas, not just the CBD areas, which is great news. Mm -hmm. um, we all know that um, you know the internet enables knowledge; it enables us to be able to communicate. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, in the modern day, um, so you know there is definitely encouraging. Sure. And mm. then when it comes to Wi-Fi, what are people looking for? Are we looking at the quality or is it more about the price? Because I know when it comes to stuff, people are always about the price. It's, it's always about the return on investment and all of that. Where, where of course, people so swing towards? Okay, so the, you need to have a look at it from two sides. So obviously you need to have a look at from the, the investor side or the person that's building the Wi-Fi network. They obviously need to make sure that there's a, a monetization aspect and they can get return on the investment. Uh, and of course, what happens there is that the, the, the business model that you've got needs to be sound. Mm. A lot of the time, the business model is supported through advertisements um, as a way of generating revenues. So what I can say off, off the bat from day one is uh, there is, in, in essence, there is no such thing as free Wi-Fi. Mm. Somebody <laughs> needs to pay for the infrastructure. It's as simple as that. Okay. So the guys that deploy the Wi-Fi infrastructure yeah. will have to recoup the capital investment. Hmm. And one of the ways of doing that is introducing advertisements. Uh, you know, once you agree to the terms, hmm. okay, the terms will clearly stipulate that if you agree to these terms and I give you free access or free Wi-Fi, hmm. please note that I will be allowed to uh, send advertisements to you. Hmm. If you agree to those terms, you've got free of you, you know, right of use. And of course, uh, the, the person that developed or built this network or the company, hmm. They will then obviously generate revenues from the advertisement. Mm. On the other side, you've got the consumer that uses the technology mm. for connectivity. Mm. The expectation there is 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 very simple. Mm. It needs to be reliable. Mm. You need to have quality connection, and in other words, good speed. Mm. Okay, and it should be simple and easy to onboard and connect. Mm. Uh, apart from uh, advertising model, w what other model have you seen with regards to this um, free but not free Wi-Fi? 
Well, look again. I mean, there's there's a number of different business models. Mm. Um, you know, we've we've seen in Africa we we one of the MNOs. Um, they've got a, a real live requirement in in the environment in mm. the territory that they service. And what they've done is they've utilized Wi-Fi to alleviate the strain that the GSM network use, mm. um, has been facing. So in other words, they effectively they've been offloading certain functions onto Wi-Fi mm. uh, to free up additional GSM um, capacity, mm. which drives the core revenue. Uh, and, and this is a nice business model because obviously the Wi-Fi is significantly cheaper. You can roll it out way quicker mm. than a GSM RAN environment, for instance. Mm. And, uh, you know, this makes business sense for them. But mm. again, you know, you, there's not um, a solution one size fits all. Mm. Uh, I think every environment will have its own needs and you're going to have to address and you're going to have to change your business model according to, to the end goal for mm. that specific requirement. Mm. All right, now let, let's talk about, uh, um, um, let's talk about uh, the, the, the current issue globally, which is around digital security, data security yeah. and all of that. Um, obviously, we have seen that Africa is somewhat lagging behind with regards to this. Even on the policy side, um, we really don't have, uh, I mean, Poppy Act in South Africa. We're yet to see the implementation fully. And um, a couple of other countries that have come up with some sort of policies, not generally around data protection and data, data security. And um, we have seen that Africa Union also have come up with uh, some sort of a framework around that, which we haven't even seen up to 10 African countries sign that framework. Uh, uh, what What is the problem around that, you know, when you, you know, um, free but not free Wi-Fi and you're just using people's personal, you know, data? Look, again, um, I think you need to have a look at it from a regulatory perspective. Mm. Um, so let's, let's address the, the, uh, the consumer um, angle first. Yeah. So as a consumer, you need to always be sure that when you onboard uh, onto a free Wi-Fi service, there is normally terms and conditions referred to before you say accept. People now, don't read those, those things. Well, exactly. Now, I would, I would encourage them to at least be sure that what you are agreeing to so if you don't understand the terms and conditions mm. my recommendation would be not to agree to uh, allow access it's 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 as simple as that um however if you if you if it's a trusted and a reputable um wi-fi um service through an isp or an mno that's offered um you know it would be okay however what uh, is a reputable wi-fi provider what, what does that even mean what is a trusted okay, reputable so so that means if, let's say, you go into an airport and in the airport you've got free Wi-Fi services offered by one of the uh, the mobile operators, mm. that is at least a reputable... That cannot be free. Well, it can't be free, but what they are saying is they will request access to, for instance, your social media accounts. Okay. Uh, and in change, of, in change for that, <clears throat> you can get free Wi-Fi access. Oh. So if you're comfortable with that arrangement, fine. But I would still encourage the users to make sure that they understand the terms and conditions explicitly. They need to understand what they're signing up to and what they're agreeing to. Mm. A lot of the time they don't read it, and that is where, where you know, some of the problems will start. Are you saying that they get into my social media account just by connecting to their free but not free Wi-Fi? It, determines, it depends on the terms. If the terms dictate and state but that is it uh, possible? by agreeing, it is possible. Oh, my God. Okay. It is possible. Uh, so, so what is our stake here for the users of the free but not free Wi-Fi? What is our stake? 
Well, again, um, what would happen is the the access or, you know, what will be used is they will have a look at your social media profile mm. and they will understand what kind of goods you typically like uh, within a social media environment mm. and you will sizing focused to those specific, um, you know, uh, things that you like. Mm. It's as simple as that. So it's targeted marketing, effectively. Um, Rianne, one of the things that we've seen um, pop up um, recently is the development of smart cities um, because of the digital era that we're in. Can you just tell us yeah. the benefits and the challenges around that? Because I think it's something that um, there's a lot of hype around it, but a lot of people don't actually really know um, what are smart cities and how they actually can benefit from um, all these smart cities that are popping up around yeah okay look smart cities is a very wide term to use but in <laughs> essence it's the following hmm. the larger metro councils um, would typically want to introduce more efficient and effective ways of managing their infrastructure hmm. if you look at the uh the water and are you there Rian? i oh. think we might have just I lost i think we him. might have just lost can Rian. we try get him back um, Brian, we can hear you. Are you still with us? Okay. We cannot hear you. I mean, that's interesting. Actually, look at look at these. I mean, just just by connecting to free Wi-Fi, they can access your social media. That's actually quite. No, no, I'm I'm shocked by the fact that it's not free. It's yeah. free, but it's. It's not really free. Somebody in the background is paying for it. Free, but not free. Yeah. And that is what people don't understand, that when you say something is free, uh, mm. somebody has put their money into that, and, and what value are they getting in return? And people just don't understand the concept of uh, mm. uh, uh, value for value. <laughs> I, think, I think people need to understand there is nothing free, actually. Mm. At the end of the day, there's nothing free. Um, mm. Is Rian back? Are we still struggling to get um, Rian is not back yet, but I think uh, he yeah. has mentioned a lot of points that, yeah. you know, uh, requires you know, a lot more debate for mm. just for people to understand. Yes. Also, you know, um, um, when you connect, you were saying that uh, there is that terms and conditions that mm. will pop up first that you need to accept or agree to. And, and I can tell you... People uh, don't read that. Uh, eight out of ten people don't read that, actually. But as I said, um, it's um, World uh, Wi-Fi Day tomorrow. What did they even do on World Wi-Fi Day? I don't know. I think they're celebrating the fact that you've got access to the internet because mm. we are living in an era where the internet helps. It's part of who you are. Because mm. if you wake up and you can't access Twitter, you can't access Facebook and mm. all of that, your life comes to a standstill. So mm. it's World um, Wi-Fi Day tomorrow. So happy World Wi-Fi Day tomorrow. And, and, and this concept of uh, making access to free Wi-Fi a fundamental human right, if that eventually happens, so that means you know, our data will be collected at that and all of that. You know, and So it's not really free Wi-Fi. It's not really uh, because when you say something is fundamental right, you know, you're not you're not paying anything in return for 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 the access and all of that. So it's not actually, you know, quite free. You know, there's something you're giving up in return. And I think one aspect also that we want to talk about if we're able to get Rian back is the aspect of uh, using uh, uh, this uh, Wi-Fi connection for for survey. Uh, Rian, are you back? Hello? Ryan, are you back? Hello, welcome back. Ryan. I think he is there, we just can't hear him. Ryan, are you back? 
Welcome back. I can see him. <laughs> Ryan, are you back? Technology. Hello, I'm back. Welcome back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry, we we had uh, just a slight uh, uh, glitch in in connection right there. So, um, can you pick up from where you stopped? Yeah. So, with with smart cities, uh, there's a number of benefits for the councils or the metros. Mm. First of all, uh, you know, as service delivery costs increase. Mm. Uh, and populations in the larger metros increase, mm. um, you know, they are looking at means and ways of reducing or introducing a better service delivery, mm. making it more cost effective mm. to run. Mm. One, one of these, um, you know, benefits would be to introduce, you know, a smart city technology. So mm. typically that would be to use um, a number of very technologies to ease the daily function within that specific metro, mm. be it uh, traffic, traffic flow control monitoring, be it uh, water and sanitation management, hmm. be it refuge removal management. So hmm. there's a number of benefits for the metro to introduce, introduce this because they become more cost, cost effective, hmm. they become more productive, hmm. right? Hmm. Which has benefits to the end user as well. Hmm. Um, the, the benefits to the residents within the metro or the businesses within the, res, um, um, the metro hmm. would typically be um, because you're getting better service, and you are being, um, you know, you've got a direct benefit as a business, right? Mm. Your cost of operation will probably reduce. It's become more efficient. And that's why more businesses are likely to move to a smart city than to a, a city that has not introduced smart city services. Mm. Mm. Um, and of course, the residents will get the benefit as well because, um, you know, you get the benefit of a better service delivery mechanism, which mm. is what we all want. Mm. And and looking at the concept of high OT as well, I think uh, um, that will also present us with uh, a complication around the management of data and security of data and all of that because you're just simply connecting the different devices and everything connected on a singular network because it's the basically communicating over the network and you know that can be intercepted yeah. and, and 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 something can happen uh, uh, what would you say to to small business owners who are basically always moving from point a to point b looking for free wi-fi <laughs> well look there's a couple of things so let's let's have a look at the large uh, corporate environment mm. Mm. um you know be it an sme or a multinational business mm. um if you look at what happened over the weekend with, with Liberty in South Africa, mm. with the breach of their uh, confidential information, mm. um, the one thing that I cannot stress enough is that um, all organizations, be it an SME or a multinational, they need to, as a business, make sure that they've got a stringent policy document in place mm. to address uh, cybersecurity. Mm. They need to ensure that their employees are well-skilled and trained and understand the potential pitfalls. Mm. You've got a number of ways of, of having a, a security breach in an in a, uh, environment, in a mm. business. Mm. Uh, it can be through phising, it can be through malware. Mm. There's such a varied way of, of um, you know, potentially exposing your corporate um, you know, confidential information these days. Uh, my view is that the corporates need to take ownership of their policies mm. within the organization. Mm. What is allowed, when is it allowed, how is it allowed? That, that's firstly. And secondly, you need to continuously ensure that you've got proper training for your personnel, mm. right? Um, to make sure that they understand the potential risk and they understand the pitfalls. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's being stressed and that's not being addressed enough in my view. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, thank you very much. I think it's a good place to leave it. And uh, for 
for um you know who, who would be partners of of your organization uh, what what would you also advise them in terms of uh, um around uh, digital security and uh, policy and all of that uh, what i would advise is the following make sure that the the, the request that you are getting from a specific person or company or individual, you hmm. need to be able to validate that this is true. It is coming from the correct author or sender. Hmm. And always make sure that you protect your your digital uh, identity. Hmm. It is it is the only one you've got. And once you've once you are compromised, uh, you know you've got a world of pain waiting. Hmm. Uh, so rather be on the cautious side and double check before you just um, you know without thinking. Uh, open up yourself to potential um, cybersecurity threats. Mm. Thank you very much, Rian, for for sharing some of this insight with us. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, enjoy your week. Thanks, stay well. All right, cheers. All right, um, so, Sibo, what do you think? I mean, are you going to start, you know, continue connecting to free Wi-Fi everywhere? I won't, I won't lie. I don't, I don't use free Wi-Fi because mm. of that. Um, I mean, you know, you get organizations where there is Wi-Fi within a company. Hmm. That is something that I've seen people abuse that because, you know, with all these phones, you can stream videos, you can download videos, you can download movies. Hmm. So I've seen the good and the bad side of it. Hmm. I, I, guys, I'm okay. Yeah? I'll still buy my data from <laughs> whoever I'm but, but, you know, I think for, for somebody like me, uh, 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 I can tell you different instances where I've had to connect to free Wi-Fi, especially uh, when I'm, you know, traveling at airports and all of that. Mostly at airports. Just, just be safe. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Be safe. Read the terms and conditions because people don't do that. Yeah. But it's it's a good thing to have free Wi-Fi because mm. um, from the recruitment side of things, if you can't afford to go sit in an internet cafe. You can find a spot where there's free Wi-Fi, submit your CV, look for jobs and all of that. So there is the good of mm. it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people who can benefit from it. Mm. But then again, guys, just be safe mm. and read the terms and conditions. Don't yeah. just click connect. Uh, read the terms and mm. the conditions, please, guys. Yeah. Please read the terms and the conditions. It's yeah. very important. I guess uh, that brings us to the end of the show today. Oh. It's been an exciting uh 90 minutes. It has. You know, yeah. 90 minutes, right? Uh, I think uh, we, up quite we, well. we we decided to just have an extra, extra 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. That uh, brings us to the end of the show again. Now, what is um, what is your message you want to leave to our listeners before we leave? Guys, um, let's stay innovative. Mm. Um, well, Cosa is launching on the 1st of July. I'm excited about that. Mm. Employers, please contact them and um, do the right thing. Mm. Can we all follow in the footsteps of SAB? Mm. Can we try employ young graduates even if they don't have experience? Mm. I mean, it will it'll, it'll reduce the unemployment rate in South Africa. And mm. I'm just excited about what's happening in the industry. I mm. mean, we're doing, there's great things happening. There is great things yeah. happening. Talking about great things, uh, HRD Roundtable is yeah, coming up. That. Yeah, please. Tell us more about that. Um, if you're interested in being invited to the HRD roundtables, what it is, it's um, a group of 12 um, human resource directors sitting around discussing key topics. Mm. If you are interested, please drop me an email. It's swongile at hrpulse.co.za. Mm. That's swongile at hrpulse.co.za. Let's, mm. let's come together. Let's find solutions. Let's break down these challenges. Mm. And you must know that it's an exclusive one. So yeah. uh, yes. like she said, just 12. Just 12. Yeah. Like so 
said, well, literally I'm, 12, um, 1 to, to 12. Yeah, we'll be inviting them. Um, we mm. just need to get those names and let's know who's interested so we can invite relevant HRDs. Mm. And of course, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of topical uh, 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 to- topical issues in the industry. And we are oh. very sure, we're very certain that uh, mm. it's going to benefit you and your business. I guess mm. uh, for me, uh, just uh, mm. stay locked down to the station, Africa Business Radio. And uh, you can also reach out to us uh, with your suggestions and your comments at uh, Af- info at africabusinessradio.com. Ross, it's goodbye. The key to success lies in nurturing today's talent and shaping the future together. Tune into HR Wide every Tuesday on www.africabusinessradio.com at 10 a.m. Central African time for your weekly dose of HR insights, innovation, and debate. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Africa Business Radio, your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, towards a profitable Africa. Prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success of every business in Africa. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa.